We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select... Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by The Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. Welcome to Picks for Polls, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bearport and Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Andrew Freeman, and unfortunately, my co-host, Yusei Koshal, couldn't make it for this week's episode. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't have a lot of fun discussing a wild and crazy weekend uh, with the 2023 NFL Draft and recapping everything that happened, especially for the Chicago Bears here, which is going to be the focus of today's episode because the Chicago Bears, uh, boy, they, they made some interesting selections in this past draft. Certainly some that I expected. Certainly a lot that I did not expect. And, you know, ultimately there is a lot to discuss when it comes to this Bears 2023 draft class. But at the end of the day, you know, there are some picks that I don't like. There are some picks that I do like very much. Um, There's the process aspect of it that I do like. And ultimately I feel like the Bears definitely got a lot better over the weekend with a lot of the players that they added to this roster. So how this is going to work today is, Basically, what, what I'm going to do is recap every single selection that the Bears made in this year's draft. I'm going to give you my thoughts on what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it, what I like about the prospects, where I see them fitting uh, within this Bears roster, on this Bears roster, what I think their role is going to be long term. And then ultimately, I'm going to give you guys my grades for how I view this draft class as a whole. I think it's a pretty strong draft class. I think general manager Ryan Poles did a lot of great work uh, with the players that he added again, there are, you know, some picks that I, I don't like as much, which I'm going to get into some things I can nitpick here and there, but ultimately I do feel like it was a very successful weekend for the bears in regards to adding talent to a roster that desperately needs talent all, all across the depth chart here. So let's just get into it where let's just go over these picks, all 10 selections that the bears made. Uh, you go to the first round, Trading down one spot with the Philadelphia Eagles and picking up a future fourth-round pick to select Darnell Wright, offensive tackle 
out of Tennessee. Uh, in the second round, they had two second-round picks uh, with their first one at 53 overall, getting Javon Dexter, defensive lineman out of Florida. Uh, with their second second-round pick, trading up uh, to get Tyreek Stevenson, a cornerback, out of Miami, and then in the third round, getting Zach Pickens, another defensive tackle out of South uh, out of South Carolina, and then you go to day three, and this is where I feel like uh, you know the Bears got some good value on day three of the draft, trading down with their first selection in the fourth round, uh, and trading back to get Roshan Johnson, running back out of Texas, with their first fourth round selection, uh, with their second fourth round selection that they got from the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in the Robert Quinn trade, getting wide receiver Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati. And then with their two fifth-round picks, getting Noah Sewell, linebacker out of Oregon, and then cornerback Terrell Smith out of Minnesota. And then with their two seventh-round picks, getting Travis Bell, defensive tackle out of Kennesaw State. And then with the last pick in the draft, Kendall Williamson, safety out of Stanford. So there is a lot to break down there, a lot of prospects that we can look at here and, and discuss where they fit in with this Bears team, not only in the short short term, but long term. But let's start with their first selection in the first round. I think that's probably the main one to talk about here because Darnell Wright is going to be the key player in this draft class for me. Um, because you look at the situation for the Bears where uh, sitting at nine overall after trading down from the first overall pick, getting that massive haul um, where they got that first, that future first round pick for the Carolina Panthers, a second round pick this year. I'm a future second round pick and DJ Moore. You know, the fact that Ryan Poles is able to basically turn the number one overall pick into the number one wide receiver and a potential franchise right tackle here in Darnell Wright. That is very, very good work in my opinion um, in regards to adding talented key spots in roster. I mean, primarily the two most important needs for the Bears this offseason getting addressed really in one move here. And, you know, it's funny because you know, when we get to number nine overall on draft night and Jalen Carter was sitting there, I was really anticipating that Jalen Carter was going to be the pick. You know, I, I certainly, from my understanding of things, it, it, I felt like in the pre-draft process that if Jalen Carter was there, that he was going to be the pick for the Bears. Ultimately, though, it seems like the Bears were never really interested in Jalen Carter. Um, and whether that's due to the fact that, you know, he had those off-field concerns or whether it's due um, to just the fact that they wanted to address off the tackle in the first round because of how deep this defensive t- line class was in this year's draft. You know, I can't fault them either way. You know, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed that they didn't get Jalen Carter because to me, he's the best player in this draft by a wide margin. If you ignore everything that's going on off the field with him, and, and there are concerns with him off the field and his, his character and um, whether he's mature enough to handle being a professional at the next level um, and whether, you know, the bears have the right environment at, at this time to support a player like that and get him on the right path. You know, it, it's a fair, it's a fair question. And I think ultimately what, what this tells me, the Bears clearly weren't interested in, in Jalen Carter. And, and so they make the move. They're not interested in Jalen Carter. They move down. They basically get a fourth-round pick for free uh, because they weren't going to pick Carter anyway. And they get Darnell Wright, who, you know, Wright, he's going to step in right away and be this team's starting right tackle opposite of Braxton Jones at left tackle. And I find this interesting because, you know, there are some things to nitpick here with the right selection. You know, is he the best scheme fit in the world? Because, you know, 
he, he's not the best in terms of blocking wide zone, in my opinion. Um, there are questions about, like, was he even the top tackle on the board? Like, Skaronsky, if you view him as a tackle, was still on the board. Uh, Braxton Jones was uh, – Broderick Jones, I, I believe. Uh, yeah, Broderick Jones was still on the board uh, as well as a left tackle prospects or tackle prospect in general. So the Bears had options at tackle to address – but ultimately they went with a guy that I think that probably best fits what this team needs at that tackle position. And that's a guy that can just get the job done in pass protection, because right now you look at this group in the offensive line, you don't really have many great pass protectors right now to protect Justin Fields in the passing game. You know, Braxton Jones showed some flashes last year, but right now he is a below average pass protector at this point in time with that left tackle position. You go to the interior, you know, white hair, a veteran player at center, he's a better run blocker than pass protector. Nate Davis is a better run blocker than pass protector. And Tevin Jenkins, he's a better run blocker than pass protector. This is a run blocking centric offensive line. So getting a tackle like Darnell Wright, who profiles as a guy who you can leave on an island in pass protection, he can hold his own um, on one side of the ball. And that allows Luke Getze, this offense, to divert resources elsewhere um, to help in the protection scheme. At least that's the vision that I think they're going for. You know, I, I think it's notable that Darnell Wright, Luke Getzey coached him at the senior bowl this year. It sounds like they got a lot of work with him during the pre-draft process. So they're, it, they're clearly very familiar with Wright and what he brings to the table. Like I said before, uh, very sound fast protector. He has probably the most polished skill set of any of these top tackles in terms of being a day one ready pass protector. Now, is he perfect? No, I think there are, you know, some of those more athletic bendy edge rushers can, you know, get the better of him at times. We saw that at the senior bowl, Will McDonald gave him fits at the senior bowl with his, you know, bend and spin moves and and one-on-one passing drills. Um, But power rushers are going to have a really hard time getting passed on right though, because he has probably the best anchor in this draft class, his ability to absorb power rushes and bull rushes is really second to none here. He has a good understanding of how to utilize the length that he does have and positioning. Um, and he plays with a main streak, which is what you want to see. And I think that's something that Ryan Poles wanted to add to this offensive line, getting guys in here that play a little bit nastier, um, aren't afraid to, you know, <laughs> add some physicality to that offensive line unit and aren't afraid to, you know, muck it up a little bit. In, in the trenches there, which is what you want to have. You don't want to you know, have soft um, offensive linemen up there, especially uh, when you have a first round pick quarterback that you want to protect and you want guys to know on the opposing size that you can't hit this guy. And if you do, if you are giving out cheap shots, like you're going to feel it on the next few plays, um, you know, that, that stuff you want to bring to the table on your offensive line. So those things you really like about Jonah Wright is a run blocker. He's more hit or miss, you know, like I kind of alluded to before. He's not the like most ideal scheme fit. I know he tested out as an elite athlete at the NFL Combine, but I'm not sure if that quite shows up on tape. Um, but with that said, I, I think, you know, in, in power schemes and gap schemes and inside zone, um, when he connects on blocks, he has the ability to move people. He has the ability to drive them into the dirt. Um, he has the ability to displace defensive linemen and, and get him out of the hole. So, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously he's going to be a better pass protector, I think, than a run blocker, which is completely fine. Like, you want to have a better pass protector, in my opinion, 
at tackle than run blocker. You know, ideally you want a guy who's good at both, but if you're going to choose between the two, I'd rather have the, the pass protector rather than the run blocker. And I think, you know, Getsy can scheme around some of his deficiencies in the run game. And if he, even if he doesn't, you know, do well as a run blocker in their wide zone scheme, I think, you know, the wide zone offense, you know, it kind of lends itself to um, protecting offensive linemen or, you know, making up for the mistakes of offensive linemen. They don't need to have perfectly blocked plays to still have a successful run game, in my opinion, you know, especially with all the other good run blockers they have uh, on this offensive line now. So, right. I think he makes a lot of sense from that aspect. Um, You know, I, I think he was a pretty solid value. I personally did not have him graded as high as like a top 10 pick personally, but I get it. Tackles, they're going to get drafted higher than they should because it's such a valuable position. And especially in this year's draft where once you got past the first four or five guys, there's a steep drop off at tackle on day two. You're looking at guys like, you know, Matthew Bergeron, who might be a better guard than tackle the next level, like Blake Freeland, who athletic freak, but you're not sure if he can hold up in the NFL with his play strength. Uh, Dewan Jones, who, you know, went all the way to the fourth round, dropped all the way to the fourth round because of concerns about, you know, his size. Like he may, maybe he's too big for the position. Doesn't have the ability to move as well, which, I'm not sure I agree with, but that's another topic for another day. So ultimately, if you're going to address offensive tackle, you got to do it in the first round, I think, in my opinion. I think this is a good move long-term for the organization. And now you look at this offensive line for the Bears, it's starting to come together. I think it's starting to make a lot of sense. Uh, you drafted Braxton Jones last year, who proved has proven to be a steal so far. We'll see how he does in year two. Now, you still have Cody Whitehair on that offensive line. You have Tevin Jenkins, who – you know, stepped up in the second season at guard. You sign Nate Davis in the offseason, who we know is a pretty dang good guard as well. Perfect scheme fit for what they want to do. Now you're bringing Darnell Wright. Um, I, I think the offensive line, it's it's not great yet, but it's on the right track. And ultimately, you know, if, if Wright can be a really good pass protector for this unit long term, I think he's going to be a worthy first round pick for this team. So I like to, I like to move the trade down, get Darnell Wright in the first round, really good start to the draft. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Moving on to day two. This is where things get interesting for me because <laughs> there's arguably my favorite draft pick came on day two of the draft, but also my least favorite draft pick came on day two of the draft. And I guess let's just get the negative out of the way here 
Um, I personally did not understand the Javon Dexter pick, the second round pick um, at 53 overall. Dexter, he's a really talented athletic player. You know, he's at about six foot six, 310 pounds. This guy ran a 48840 yard dash at the combine. I think he hasn't hit another like elite RAS score. That's that was like the common thing for all these Ryan Poles picks, by the way. Elite testing numbers in terms of athleticism, great size on, on most of these guys. And it sounds like every single one of these guys are high character people as well. So clearly Ryan Poles has a type for what he wants to bring into the organization in terms of draft picks, but sticking back, going back to uh, Javon Dexter here, you know, Dexter, he is a unique prospect. And, and what I mean by that is he's very polarizing depending on how you view him. If you're like me, who looks at, you know, his tape, and you see a guy who is very raw in a lot of aspects. You see a guy who, man, we have to, we just like, let's just get out of the way. Like Dexter may have the worst gut off I've ever seen from a defensive line process. And I've studied a lot of these guys over the last four or five years or so. Um, it is truly just, I don't understand like how a guy playing at this level of college football doesn't understand that when the ball is snapped, you have to fire out of your stance um, and, and get the initial punch on offensive line. Like it, it, every single play, it seems like it takes him about a second to, to react to the snap. And even when he does react to the snap, he's standing straight up a lot of the time. So it's one of the most frustrating and odd things from this year's draft class, because you look at all the, all the other aspects of Drexter's game, you know, you like the fact that he's got natural strength. He's got good buildup speed, good closing speed. So when he does get, you know, past his matchup or when he's chasing down a running back, he has the ability to chase these guys down and make plays. Um, but <laughs> with that said, in many areas, this guy's a raw football player at this point. Um, not a very good pass rusher at this point in time. Basically, his one move is basically he just runs straight into guys chest first and tries to bully them back into the pocket. And there is some value with pocket pushing defensive tackles, but not, you know, not when you're not able to get that quick pressure. And ultimately, Dexter's not a guy who's going to get a lot of quick wins. He's not going to get a lot of quick pressures. A lot of it, it a lot of his production comes off of you know, plays are lasting three, four or five seconds in the pocket and he's pushing his way slowly into the lap of the quarterback. And again, like I said, that's valuable in a, in a sense, but also it's not quite what you're looking for from a pass rushing profile in terms of translating to the next level. So can they get that out of him? And ultimately the question for Dexter is he has all these great physical athletic tools to build off of can the coaching staff get that out of them? And ultimately I feel like this is a pick that they're definitely putting a lot of confidence in their coaching staff here with Eberflus and Williams and all these guys to get the most out of uh, Dexter here, because the talent is there. He is just a long ways away, man. You know, the get off is just, it's hard to get past the get off. If you're like me, like it's really hard to get past that in my opinion, um, especially with some of the other defensive tackles available at this point in the draft. Like I really feel like the bears were, honed in on getting Keanu Benson here. And when he went off the board to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they kind of like panicked a little bit and they went with the best defensive tackle that was left. But I, I think they definitely reached on Dexter here. You know, 
I, I view Dexter as a late third round player uh, because I do get the upside. I, I get what the Bears see in terms of his long term projection, what he could be. But man, a lot of that tape is rough. And you know, you go back and look at some of his games. His Kentucky game, he was awesome. He looked like a first round pick if you're just looking at his game against Kentucky from this past year. But keep in mind, Kentucky also had like maybe the worst offensive line in all the power five conferences in college football. So take that with a grain of salt. You look at his other games and he looks like a day three pick in terms of what he's doing on the football field. Now, obviously the upside makes it so that I would take a chance on him on day two, but man, I felt like this was a reach. Um, When this pick was made, I instantly got the feeling that I felt when Felix Jones was the third round pick for the bears last year, where I was just like, Ooh, Man, that is early. They're t- they're clearly taking a chance on athletic tools here, but I- I'm not sure they got the best football player player here. Now, in-, in terms of where Dexter fits on the roster, I think he's going to be a one tech for this team. I don't see him as a pass rusher, um, three tech in this defensive system that Eberflus wants to run. And I, I swear, I saw a lot of Chris Jones comparisons to Javon Dexter, and when I heard that, I was like what the heck are you guys watching? <laughs> because he plays nothing like uh, Chris Jones, who Chris Jones, as we know, uh, defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, who has been like an all-pro player, one of the elite defensive tackles in the game. And, and a lot of people are comparing him to Dexter, I think Dexter to Jones, because you know Ryan Poles was in Kansas City when Jones was drafted by Kansas City, so he had a big part in scouting and bring him into the building there. You know, both really athletic guys who tested well at the combine had high RES scores, and both were known to be a little bit inconsistent and play the high pad level and have inconsistent get off in college. But here's the thing about Jones, man. You know, say what you want about Jones in college. He was always that dude as a pass rusher. He was always an elite pass rusher. And Dexter, you know, for all of his physical tools, he was not a good pass rusher in college. Completely different skill sets. Dexter, he's a much better run defender right now. Chris Jones, the thing with him was that he was an awful run defender, but a elite, elite, elite pass rusher. All right. So the, the issues with, with Jones coming out of college was more so had to do with his motor, his inconsistency, his pad level, his ability to defend the run. Those were the issues with Jones. The issues with Dexter are, can you fix that get off? Because I think it's not only a processing issue, it's not only a coaching issue, but it might just be a physical issue because, yeah, he ran a fast 40-yard dash, but he also had one of the slowest 10-yard splits among the defensive tackles in this draft class as well. So he's clearly a slow starter in my opinion. You also look at Jones, 34-inch arms, Dexter, 32-inch arms. So he's not a lengthy guy, despite the fact that he's six foot six. He's not this super long dude. Um, so yeah, so the profile just doesn't make sense. They're not, they're not the same player. They're two completely different players. So the way I see with Dexter, kind of to wrap up my thoughts here, again, it's a polarizing pick. I see the upside, but ultimately. There's a couple things he's got to fix. He's got to fix that get off. If he doesn't fix that get off, he's not playable at the next level, even with the physical tools. He got away with it in college because he's so much stronger and more athletic than most of the competition he plays that he's able to get away with it. He won't get away with it at the NFL level. He's got to fix that. If he can't fix that, like I said, he's not playable. If he does fix that, then I think he can be an impactful player for this team as a one tech who can, who can play some three tech, but to me, I think they view him as a one tech in this in this defense. 
again, I, I just don't see the pass rushing profile to translate to the next level. So that's my thoughts on Dexter. I don't want to go into too much more than that. I'll touch on that later. But let's go to the other day two picks for the Bears here. Uh, go to, let's go to Tyreek Stevenson. The Bears traded up. They traded a fifth-round pick for him uh, to move up a couple of spots and, and, and draft him. And Stevenson, he was one of my favorite players for the Bears in this draft class in terms of I felt like if he was there for the Bears in the second round, like I was taking him every single time I could in mock drafts because I didn't expect him to, to be there. Like I graded Stevenson as a borderline first-round talent in this draft. And for the Bears to get him near the end of the second round, even though they had to trade up a little bit, um, one of my favorite p- picks in this draft, uh, Tyreek Stevenson. I actually think he profiles very similarly to Jalen Johnson, two bigger outside cornerbacks, long dudes, play physical at the line of scrimmage, but also athletic as well. And, and you know, Stevenson, he was sh- a lockdown corner for Miami this past year for them. Um, just a very physical player on the outside. He's a perfect fit for what Iberfus looks for in these outside cornerbacks. Um you know, he's not afraid to mix it up in the run game. Um, he can't play man. He can play zone. He's got good instincts. He's got decent ball skills. Like, I, I, I just really like this pick. I think he's going to be a long-term starter for them, a cornerback. And even if he's, like, not viewed as a long-term replacement for Jalen Johnson, like, if Jalen if Johnson is here for the long haul, if he gets extended, he's going to the last year of his deal. So it's a question whether he's going to be here long-term. But if he is here long-term, you have the potential of having one of the better young duos at outside cornerback in the league with, with these two. And if Kyler Gordon develops in the slot, now you're looking at a cornerback room that could potentially not only is it young, but it could be one of the better cornerback rooms in the entire NFL. So I love this pick in the second round. I thought they got tremendous value with this. I, I have nothing negative to say about the Stevenson pick. I thought that was one of the stronger, stronger picks for Ryan Poles in this draft. Um, and then you go to the third round here. This is where the Bears double dip at defensive line getting Zach Pickens here. And Pickens, you know, he's a different player compared to Dexter, whereas Dexter is more of that, you know, run defending one tech who just brings a ton of size to the table and um, can shed blocks and, um, you know, do all that stuff in the run game. Uh, Pickens, he's more of a penetrating type. He fits that mold as a three tech where he's looking to get upfield, um, more of a pass rusher than run defender. In fact, you know, Pickens, he's not a very good run defender at all, really. So when you look at um, that aspect of it, you know, there are some questions there, but, you know, Pickens for me, this is a pick where I felt like it was a bit too early for him. Um, I I viewed him as like a a late third round, early fourth round type of guy. Um, just because he didn't have a ton of production in college. He didn't really get better in college, but you love the physical tools. You love the effort he plays with. You love the upside, and he does show some flashes of being a very talented pass rusher. You just didn't all – he didn't put it all together in college for some reason, so that might be a coaching issue. Um, but, you know, clearly, again, one of the themes of this draft is the Bears are just getting athletes into the building here, and they're letting their coaching staff, especially on defense, go to work on these guys and coach them up and see if they can get the most out of them. Um, again, Pickens, his profile doesn't necessarily lend itself well to being you know, a productive player at the next level, but if they can get the most out of him, there is a lot here. I think he has a lot of, a lot of talent. Um, I'm excited to see how they plan on using him, whether he's, you know, because they, they, Ryan Poles talked about using him as both a one-tech and a three-tech. Again, I see him as more of a three-tech because his run defense is just 
not good. It's, it's a really boomer bust, and a lot of the time it's bust <laughs> for for Pickens' run defense. Um, but yeah, I, I like that pick more than a Dexter pick. I felt like that was probably more proper value than than Dexter. Again, I had those guys graded pretty much similarly um, in terms of where I wanted them to go in the draft or where I'd be comfortable taking them in the draft. So even though it's a little bit early for Pickens, I like the idea of double dipping at defensive tackle. And remember, at this point in the draft, the edge rusher position was kind of dried up, you know, for early third round, late day, late second round talent. So I wouldn't say that they were forced there that they were forced to to go defensive tackle um, and, and pigeon and they pigeonhole himself, but uh, I wouldn't go that far. But clearly, this coaching staff views Pickens highly, and they see a role for him in their defense. They need that three tech for this defense to work. If they don't get that guy, like they're not going to have the pass rush that they need to make this system be as productive as it is. It just simply the case here so pickens they're, they're they're trying to see if he can be a guy for them whether he's a long-term starter whether he's a rotational guy you know time will tell um but i like the dark throw defensive tackle i love double dipping at the position and just seeing if one of these guys hits and that's ultimately what you want to see if one of these guys hits it's going to be a successful day two for them another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So let's move on to day three, where I feel like the Bears got a lot of good value at this point in the draft. And let's start with the fourth round picks because man, they, they, these were two home runs here for one, you trade down and get Roshan Johnson, who was my RB four in this draft class um, back up to Bijan Robinson at Texas. Yeah. But Roshan was a great back in his own right in college. He just didn't get as much opportunity because he's literally playing behind arguably the best running back prospect that we've seen in like a decade here uh, with, behind Bijan and Roshan Johnson would stands out for him is yeah, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but I think he accelerates well for a guy at his size. He's got great um, physical, you know, f- physical ability. He breaks a lot of tackles and that's really the thing that stands out for, for Roshan is that he rarely goes down on first contact. He was one of the best running backs in college football this past season at breaking tackles. And that was a trend for him throughout his college career at Texas. And I think he brings more value as a three down guy than he think he gets credit for um, shows pretty good hands out of the backfield. Doesn't run great routes, but I think on checkdowns and um, things of that nature, screen passes, I think he can be effective there. Um, but also he's the best pass blocking running back in this draft class. So you talk about a guy who can contribute right away. Coaches are going to love the fact that he can play all three downs because they can trust him in pass protection to hold up against linebackers and blitzes and even help, you know, against edge rushers and chips and stuff like that. He's a very, very good pass protector. He's a very good blocker for a running back in general. So just a team first guy. And that's, and that's the vibe that I've gotten from Roshan from, you know, hearing what other people have to say about him in the locker room is that, you know, he is one of the guys that everyone roots for in their locker room. So um, I, I love the pick for the Bears here. I think he's going to step in. He's going to be the number one running back right away. I really like that selection for them. I really do. Um, let's move on to the other fourth-round pick the, the Bears had. Wide receiver Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati. 
And Tyler Scott, what he brings to the table is just straight up speed. Um, kind of a smaller guy um, at the wide receiver position. Very similar, actually, to Darnell Mooney um, in terms of, you know, that size, speed, profile. Um, you know, I don't think he's as good of a route runner as Mooney was coming out, nor I think he was is as quick or quite as explosive as Mooney. Like, Mooney, I think, was a better prospect coming out than Tyler Scott. I know Mooney went in the fifth round, but the way I evaluated Mooney was I, I thought – I just thought he was better than Scott. And I thought this was pretty – proper value for sky i don't think it was like this huge steal or anything but i just really love the idea of adding speed to this wide receiver room when you have a quarterback like justin fields who can throw the deep ball as well as he can he provides you know some insurance in case like darnell mooney because he's going into the final year of his contract in case mooney doesn't get a long-term deal done with the bears you know scott is kind of insurance for mooney because he couldn't play that similar play style playing that similar role is kind of like an undersized deep threat who can play in the slot a little bit. He can, you know, run deep balls. He can um, get the ball underneath and get yards after the catch a little bit. Like he can just kind of do it all as an undersized wide receiver. So I don't think he, again, he's not as good as Mooney, but I think he's very Mooney-like in terms of his skill set. So I love that pick there, just adding more weapons to the offense for Justin Fields and ultimately just improving the situation around it, which was so key, I think, for this offseason you look at the wide receiver room now, you got DJ Moore, you got Darnell Mooney, you got Chase Claypool, say what you want about him. Um, now you add Tyler Scott to that room, you got Fields Jones, like this gadget guy returner. And then Equinamus St. Brown, he is what he is, is like a fifth, sixth wide receiver who comes in and blocks and can be a deep threat once in a while. So just completely revamping this wide receiver room, adding a ton of talent here. Um, I thought this was one of the better picks that they made really throughout the entire draft, these these last two. Um, and I'm very excited to see their roles on the offense here. Let's move to the fifth round. Uh, Noah Sewell, I wasn't as excited about this one. I see why they added him, though. You know, a big physical linebacker, very good blitzer, very good straight line speed. And where I, I see Sewell, uh, you know, projecting for the Bears is, for, oh, for one, uh, quick fact, actually, uh, uh, Noah Sewell is the brother of Penay Sewell, who plays for the Detroit Lions. So a little bit of a brotherly rivalry being established for the Bears here. Now you have the St. Brown brothers uh, going up against each other, the Sewell brothers now going up against each other. So I thought that was pretty cool, actually, with this pick. But in terms of what he brings as a player, like I said before, really good blitzer, kind of like a throwback thumping type of linebacker where he's going to take on blocks and be more of a run defender. But ultimately, like I don't see Sewell ever – you know, establishing himself as like a starter um, on, on defense in the NFL because he's got very tight hips. He's got very limited mobility in terms of sideline to sideline ability in terms of his agility. He's not very good in coverage. In fact, I'd say he's a well below average in coverage, both in zone coverage and man coverage. He just, he just doesn't hold up to me. This is a pick where you bring in a guy who's got great size. He's got great speed. Um, and you just put him on special teams and you just let him go to work there, you know, as a gunner, as, you know, on the coverage teams. Um, when he's running in straight line, he's very effective there. So to me, this is a special teams pick. Maybe he can contribute as a blitzer once in a while. I think all the talk from Bears Twitter of converting him to edge rusher is silly. I don't think he has the size to hold up as an edge rusher um, unless you're using him on occasional bitch blitz uh, packages. But, yeah, yeah, Sewell, to me, Special teams value, 
athleticism, size, um, just depth to the linebacker room. I, I don't really see much else than that. I think he's got a very low ceiling and he was a guy that, you know, was considered like an early round pick before at, at this time last year, Sewell was considered like an early round pick, which I never quite saw in my opinion, just because I, I always felt like his skill set was pretty limited translating to the NFL level. But now that he's a bear, like I, I see where they can, where they can use him. Special teams, like I said, blitzer throwback type of guy, um, which is, is in the fifth round is good value there. Uh, speaking of good value, the other fifth round pick the Bears had was Terrell Smith, uh, cornerback from Minnesota. I thought this was another really good value pick. You know, Smith was a long, athletic cornerback who, again, is more that outside cornerback similar to Tyreek Stevenson. Uh, Smith, you know, he's a guy who had a really good year last year at Minnesota. He has intriguing physical traits. I, I'd be lying if I said I got if I got into his t- film a ton. I did not. Uh, I've only seen him, you know, a couple games here and there of him. So I, I don't really know as much on Smith compared to some of these other prospects that the bears drafted. Um, but it sounds like, again, high character, dude, really good athlete, really good physical profile for what the bears want. And ultimately he's not going to be asked to start right away. You know, you're going to have Jalen Johnson, you're going to Tyree Stevenson on the outside. He can develop behind those guys. And eventually if you can't figure out an extension with Jalen Johnson, maybe he can be a Jalen Johnson replacement down the road. I, I think that's ultimately where you see them. I'm not counting on that being the case, um, but he adds depth to the outside cornerback room. Um, he has more athleticism. He has more length. And if he's insurance for Jalen Johnson, then he's insurance for Jalen Johnson. So um, pretty good, pretty good pick there. And then the seventh round guys, I'll be honest, didn't watch him. So I have no opinion there. I'm not going to really analyze that. All, all I'll say is that, you know, clearly they're banking on traits here with both these guys. Travis Bell tested like a great athlete, kind of a shorter guy, if we're being honest, on the smaller side for a defensive tackle. And then Kendall Williamson, they just they needed to add another safety to this room. So he tested out pretty well as an athlete. He went to Stanford, so you know that he's a smart guy. Um, so you're just hoping that based off of traits that these guys can come in and maybe get coached up and contribute. That's that's really all I'll say for those guys. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Without further ado, let's let's wrap up this podcast by grading the picks and grading this draft as a whole. I look at the first round pick, Darnell Wright. I'm going to give that pick an A. Not only do you trade down and get a fourth round pick for free, but you address the biggest need on this roster, which was that starting right tackle spot. They annoyingly did not address it in free agency after missing out on Mike McGlinchey uh, to the Denver Broncos. Um, so getting Darnell right here, he's going to step in right away. He's going to be that right tackle for them. I think he's got a modestly high upside as well. I don't, I don't know if he'll be like an all pro or anything like that, but I think he'll be a long time starter for this team for a very long time. So I'm really excited about the Darnell Wright pick good process to move that back and get him as well. So I have to give that an A um, day two of the draft, Javon Dexter. I'm going to give that a C minus. Um, and I would go a little bit lower, but I see, I, I see the upside for why this coaching staff likes him, why uh, the front office likes him. 
I'm just not as high on him personally. You know, like I said before, um, I had him as like a late day two, early day three guy who take him the third round because he has upside, but the tape is not great in my opinion. The get off has to be fixed. If it's not fixed, he's not going to be able to contribute in the NFL. But you love the size. You love the strength that he plays with. You love the athleticism. You just hope that this is a guy who's new to football. He can get coached up. He can work on these things and get better. I, I'm just not. I'm just not sure on it. You know, for a second round pick with some of the guys available, for some of the defensive tackles available, I felt like there were better players available for the Bears to get. And this was a big reach for me. So I'm hoping that it works out. I'm not going to go full on like D or F range because I see the vision here for what they see him being. But yeah, this is the pick that I, I least like in this draft class. So for me, it's a C minus just reaching on a player who um, I'm not sure he's going to hit that ceiling that they're, they really think he has. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson in the, in, in the second round, trading up to get him. I give that an A as well. It would have been an A plus if they stayed um, at, at 61, I believe, to get him. And they had to trade up to get him, so it is what it is. I, I don't hate trading up to get him, but because of, of that process, I, I'll, you know, I'll give this an A for that one. Um, but love the pick. That was my favorite pick on day two. Probably my favorite pick of the draft, if we're being honest here, because I'm, I'm a big Tyreek Stevenson fan. And then the third round, Zach Pickens. I'm going to give this one a B minus. Um, you know, again, this comes down to I think there were better defensive tackles available on the board. I think that um, it was a reach compared to where I had him as a player, as kind of that late day two, early day three type of guy. But again, I see why the coaching staff wants to bring him into the building here, why this front office wants to bring him to the building here. He fits that three tech mold as a penetrating, pass rushing type of defensive tackle. He's got good physical traits. You know, he's got the athleticism. He's got long arms. He has a good motor. I feel like um, he's got to work on his run defense. He, I don't, if, in fact, I'm not sure he's ever, he's ever going to be a, a good run defender. Um, he's got to clean up and be more refined as a pass rusher. But again, it's one of those things where he has a good upside. Get into this coaching staff, see what they can do with him, and see if they can develop him. So I like taking that dark throw at defensive tackle, double dipping at the position. So that's why I'll give that pick a B minus. You go to day three here, Roshan Johnson, that's an A. He's, he's one of my best running backs in this draft class. I had a day two grade on him. I think he's a really fantastic running back, and I think he's going to be running back one for this team sooner rather than later. Um, just a ton that I like about him. He's going to be a starter right away from them. Um, and then Tyler Scott, I'm going to give this an A-. minus. Um, you know, because I, he's more like a long-term play. I don't think he's going to be a guy that contributes right away. He's kind of like insurance again, like I said, for Darnell Mooney. But I love the speed. I love the quickness. I love the deep threat ability that he brings to this offense. You know, pretty good value getting him at the end of the fourth round, I'd say. And I think he's going to be a very solid contributor for this offense moving forward. Move the date to the fifth round. Uh, Noah Sewell, let me give that a C plus. You know, I'm just not a big Sewell guy in my opinion, but at this part of the draft, it's fine value. He adds depth. He's a special teams contributor, good athlete for, in terms of straight line speed, good size. Um, and, you know, if, if he can be a starter for you, that would be fantastic. But to me, he's a special teams guy, which in the fifth round is fine. Like getting a, a special teamer at the linebacker spot is good value in the fifth round. And he adds more talent to the room that has good starters, but the depth there is kind of lacking at this point once you get past Sanborn. Um, the, with the second, fifth round pick, Terrell Smith, I'm going to give that a B plus. Uh, really love that value there. 
Uh, he has the size profile that you want. He has the athletic profile you want. Um, tape, you know, from a lot of guys that I talk to, they say that this is one of the better steals of this of this draft. And a lot of guys I trust say that. So I'm going to go with that. Terrell Smith, I think he has a lot of talent. And I like adding to cornerback there. So this secondary for the Bears now, it's a complete secondary. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that back seven operates when we get to training camp and, and seeing those guys in action because the Bears are going to have a really good deep coverage unit with some of the guys that they've added over the last two drafts. And then you get to the seventh round picks. I'm going to give both of these picks C's just because didn't have the time to watch him, but I, I can't say anything negative about him. Both these guys have intriguing physical traits to build off of. You know, they both fill needs on this roster. You hope they can come in, make it on the practice squad, or be the end of the roster type of guy and just add some more depth to this roster, which in the seventh round is fine. You know, I'm not I'm not going to freak out too much over it, but there were some players on the board that I would have loved them to go with, like Zach Koontz, tight end, um, who fell all the way to the seventh round. You know, Andrew Voorhees was an offensive lineman that was there that they could have gotten. My guy, Hunter Lupke. Fullback, come on. You want to add a fullback to this roster, right? You want to run the ball? Hunter Luke was the guy for this offense, and they didn't add him. He went undrafted, so it's fine, whatever. So these are fine picks in the seventh round, though. I have nothing negative to say. Just they're taking dark throws and guys with physical traits, and you see if they can work out and be contributors. So um, overall, if we're not counting the DJ Moore aspect of this draft in terms of getting him the trade down, I think this is an A minus draft. In terms of what Ryan Poles did purely on this past weekend, it's an A minus for me. You get a starting right tackle, you double dick on the defensive line, two guys who have good athletic traits, you get a starting cornerback, you find good value on day three of the draft. But there are a couple of picks that I can nitpick here and there that I don't really like as much with Javon Dexter specifically. Um, but then if you add DJ Moore into the mix here and the fact that they got DJ Moore trading down from number one overall, it's an A plus, man. You get a number one wide receiver, you get a franchise right tackle, plus all the other stuff they added in this draft, like you're set from this from this draft class. So um overall, and plus the fact that you're getting future draft capital as well, the future first round pick, future second round pick, future fourth round pick, really setting yourself up for drafting well and having draft capital in the future. So a lot to like in this draft class. I felt like overall it was a great weekend for Ryan Poles. I think he did a really good job here adding talent to this roster and we'll see how it goes, man, because last year they added some talent in last year's draft. Um, again, a couple of picks that aren't going to work out probably a couple of picks I didn't like kind of similar to this year's draft, but look what they added last year, getting Jaquan Brisker, who's going to be a starter, I think long-term, Braxton Jones, who looks like he's going to be a starter long-term. Kyler Gordon, you know, he came on late in the year. We'll see if he's going to be a starter for them long-term. And then some developments of guys like Dominique Robinson. And um, they got a punter out of, out of last year draft, which, yeah, he's a punter. <laughs> and not much as I can say there. Um, but this year, I, I think it was a much more successful draft in terms of, I, I feel like there's a path to all these guys being contributors for uh, this team here. And, being eventual starters on this team outside of like the seventh round guys. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say too much on the seventh round guys, but overall, this is a, this is a good draft for the bears. It was a fun weekend. I'm um, covering this thing and I'm really excited to get to training camp. Now, now it's, now we're going to get to the dregs of the off season where there's nothing going on. There's nothing to talk about. So 
the, these next few weeks for us here at Pixar Polls are basically just going to be recapping uh, the 2023 NFL draft. You know, we're going to be covering some of the other teams in the NFC North to see how they did. We're going to be covering some of the other big storylines. And we're going to also start digging into the 2024 NFL draft as well, because there are some prospects that we want to preview over the summer uh, before we get into that. But until next time, Bears fans, uh, Thank you for listening to today's episode. I know um, it was a lot of me just talking today, so <laughs> I appreciate you guys dealing with my voice for, what, 45 minutes straight. So it's a pretty long time to listen to me just babble on about the draft here. But it was a lot of fun to talk about this um, this, this latest uh, 2023 NFL draft um, for the Bears. Um, make sure to give us a like, rate, and subscribe to us on all podcasting platforms. Make sure to follow us on social media at Pixar Polls as well on Twitter. And you can follow me on Twitter at AJFreeman25. Make sure to follow my work on the Bear Report as well. I just released my way too early 2024 mock draft if you want to give that a look. I certainly gave the Bears some uh, pretty interesting players there. Um, you know, So I, I kind of use that as just an exercise to preview the next year's draft class. Don't take it too seriously, folks, but um, always fun to put together those mock drafts for you guys. So um, without further ado, it's going to wrap it up. Um, all you Bears fans out there, I hope you guys enjoyed this past weekend uh, in terms of the draft. I hope you guys are excited about the direction the Bears are going in. And until next time, um, have yourself a great weekend and bear down, Bears fans. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.